When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host, Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. Good morning, Scott. Hi, Ingrid. So I think we have a few built-up questions. Oh yeah, lingering we got a here. lot of the questions. I want to get to them. Uh, very important. I love these questions. I feel like as as we're continuing on and on, like people are asking just better and better questions. So um, let's begin. Let's okay. First of all. From Lacrosse Ortiz asks, how does one prepare for the second Saturn return? And how many years before should one prepare? Or how many years before should one begin to prepare? So, so well, the first one is around your 30s. So I'm guessing the second one is around your 60s. Yeah, it's a little less. It like first one happens around 28, 29. Okay. Uh, second one happens around 56, 57. Is that, um, when, is that when people retire usually or a little later, right before you retire? Maybe it's a little before retirement. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, it can be kind of like a midlife crisis sort of transit maybe as well. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, but the question, how do you prepare for your second set of return? I mean, I would say the way that you prepare is by preparing uh, like, like the first Saturn <laughs> return, like I didn't even know that it was happening. You oh, know? Yeah. Like I, no. I can look back at like where I was in my late twenties and go like, Oh my God, that was a shit show. That was horrible. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going on, but if you're somebody who did prepare, did know that the Saturn return was happening, I would presume that, you know, because you knew you were working through that in a positive way. And you'll be ready for part two for the second one. But, you know, the preparation, like when does the preparation begin? Like, so to prepare for the Saturn return, whether it's your first Saturn return, your second Saturn return, or your third Saturn return, if you, if you live that long. To me, the Saturn return is all about following your North Node. And if you are not following your North Node, your Saturn return is a motherfucker because it will grind you down to the point where it's like you have to stop what you're doing to figure out how you need to do things differently. It's the planet's way of saying like you're in the wrong direction. You need to focus your energy in a new way. And so uh, where is your North Node? Are you following that frequency? If you're following the frequency of your North Node, then your Saturn return will feel like a reward. 
Um, so it's really like, what are you working on as well? What are you working on in life? Uh, if you're not working very hard like me, I was just parting my ass off. And then I hit like 28, 29, 29. I was just like, oh my God, kill me. Like this is the uh, life I've totally fucked my whole life. This is, this is horrible. I feel awful. I don't know what to do. Uh, and it's a weird thing. I remember my uncle telling me, and he's not someone that like, you know, drops in like words of wisdom or, or any reflections. He's a very gruff individual, uh, who spends all day on the range, uh, with his cattle. And I remember I was having a really hard 29th year and he was like, that was the hardest year of my life. And I was like, Whoa, you remember that? He's like, yeah, it was awful. And so second Saturn return, focus on your North node frequency, put your energy there. Um, well, when we think about Saturn, that's responsibility. And mm -hmm. would, would you say that like our, our soul's purpose, we're, it is our responsibility to fulfill our soul's purpose. Yes. Yes. So, so if you're not, then Saturn's going to grind you down. Mm -hmm. You like the, like you're, you're supposed the, to be doing this. You're supposed exactly. to be focusing on this. And if you're not, it's going to get more and more uncomfortable. But I'm assuming, especially at the second one, it's like your first one, you're young. You're just kind of like learning who you are at that point, just coming into being an adult. It's like, okay, you have to do something with your life. But if you still haven't been doing that or focusing on it by the time you're almost 60, like, Shit's going to get weird. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, Saturn's the authority. It's like the authority comes and gives you an assignment. The assignment is to follow your North node in 29 years. It comes back to check on how you've been doing on that assignment. If you haven't been doing it, you will be punished. If you have, you will be rewarded. Then it comes back another 28 years after that, 29 years and checks on you again. If you've been doing it, you are rewarded. If you haven't, you will be punished. And so, yeah. Oh, I was just going to think if yeah. you're if you're following astrology at all, like if you're a listener, it seems like you're probably doing some sort of regular check-ins with yourself, mm -hmm. um, whether it be specifically towards your no North Node or just everything a little bit all the time. It's like having check-ins more than once a year on New Year's and kind of following some sort of a rhythm for your relationships, your career path, you know, your your purpose. I think that that will just organically be easier for you if you're even just noticing that these patterns are helping you just by paying attention absolutely absolutely awesome. really good question yes yes thank you lacrosse ortiz okay second question i am a virgo what does it mean to be a mutable sign what's the difference between fixed mutable and cardinal signs this is from <gasps> nikki hoyt huntsinker and nick I got to ask you, do you own a copy of the basics of astrology? Because this is where the answers are right here. So these are the modalities. The modalities are cardinal, fixed, and mutable. The modality is determined by the time of the season, the sun transits through a sign. So when the sun is transiting through a cardinal sign, it's the beginning of the new season. These are the starter signs. These are the signs that are great at starting projects, but can be a bit more challenged with completing them. The fixed signs, those occur in the middle of the season. So just to go back here to the basics of astrology, the cardinal signs are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. They occur in the middle of the season. These are the when the these this is when the, the energies of the season are more stabilized. These are the stabilizer signs. These are the signs that are 
are very loyal, but can also be somewhat stubborn. And then when you're talking about the mutable signs, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, these are the signs that occur at the end of the season. These are the stimulator signs. These are the signs that are stimulating us to adapt, to evolve, to keep up with the changing seasons. These are the signs that are great at multitasking, but mm. can feel a bit scattered with so much going on at once. So also just this isn't a specific question, but it's just something that comes up every time someone brings up astrology to me. They'll just be like, I'm a Virgo. Well, as soon as you start delving more into astrology, I really think it's more important to know your primal triad because you're more, I mean, we are kind of all, all of the signs, but specifically the primal triad, or you can take a look at your whole chart and see where you have the most kind of energy because there's going to be little pieces of all of those in all of us. So it's like, well, I relate to this or I relate to that. It's like, well, maybe you're rising and you're, what did I just say rising? You're rising and your moon might be immutable. And then maybe your sun sign is a cardinal. So it's like- mm -hmm maybe delving a little more into your chart might actually give you a better um, feeling for what, what you really relate to and maybe what you want to work on and where you want to focus your energy. Yes. I feel like everyone always comes to me. They're like, I'm a Scorpio. What that means I'm bad. And I'm just like, that's not <laughs> true. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. So, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, think that, I think learning the primal triad is something that helped me a lot in terms of, I mean, that, combining with the basics of astrology if you just take your three signs and go through each little piece and kind of learn that it will carry over into like just learning astrology to see how you connect with other people because usually you're you know a little bit of everything and you yes. get to kind of branch out a little more and learn about more than just your your own your own little bubble and then speaking of learning this is uh to the next question is it common to not have planets in multiple houses and is it something and is it something that i can interpret on my own so this is from gab eglinton um if you want to interpret something something on your own i recommend purchasing the basics of astrology and using those basics to help you interpret your chart um now is it common to have planets placed in multiple houses uh, well, yes. I mean, there's, I, I, you don't typically see a chart with all the planets in one house. Yeah. That would uh, be not, yeah. that would be very strange. <laughs> it's usually kind of spread out. Yeah. It's usually kind of spread out. You know, you might, you might have a couple in one house and then none in another house. And then, you know, maybe one in one other house and, you know, it, it really, it just all varies. Um, you know, the next time the planets and stars will be aligned in the way that they're aligned when you were born is over 25,000 date, 25,000 years from the date, time and place of your birth. So nothing is totally common or, uh, you know, everything is unique, but I would say it is common to have planets placed in multiple houses as opposed to all planets placed in one house. Now, occasionally you might see multiple planets, like maybe three, four, five, six, even in one house. That's a stellium. That's very intense. Um, but, you know, I see all kinds of different ones. Uh, everyone is unique. So I hope that answers your question, Gab. Uh, thank you for that question. And then I'm touching on the how do you interpret it yourself, like Scott just kind of recommended you to the book. But it the way the book is laid out is very much like a glossary. You can kind of pick each little part 
read the little section that's yours and it's not a whole giant it's not a novel for each piece it's just like you can put together your own sentence just kind of like I always kind of say like tarot cards it's like you pull a tarot card it's not magic it's just like it's giving you a prompt to kind of delve into yourself so it's like okay I want to know like I'm going to be focusing on uh, my emotions relationships and responsibility what does that mean to me and you can elaborate on the one simple sentence to just delve into who you are it's a really nice journal prompt to just get into what might be happening within yourself and you can Mm -hmm. answer those questions like Scott's really good at going deep and kind of pushing you into these uncomfortable places that you might not have even went without yourself so also you can do it yourself and be intuitive but getting a personal reading is also a really amazing way to get in there and he can also help you in one-on-one sessions on how he loves to even when maybe sometimes he does a little bit of dream analysis with me it's like he asks a couple of very poignant questions that really get me giving information about myself that I that I have in my own self that I that wouldn't have come out with some without somebody like prompting you like I don't Mm. think astrologers are like magic but they are like they know how to read you and kind of open these little doors into our our unconscious that can really give us the answers that we are looking for. So mm-hmm. whether it's you reading your own chart or getting a reading from someone else, I think both of those are super powerful and can like unlock some doors. And especially if you're new to astrology, I would get a reading first. And mm-hmm. then as you kind of progress, then the more you learn, the more you're able to do it on your own. I love it. Thanks, Ingrid. Okay, another question. Can you please elaborate more on comparing your chart with a potential partner? For example, when Scott mentioned comparing Ingrid's chart with a potential partner. So there's a couple ways to look at this. One is called a synastry chart. That's where uh, you're looking at one person's planets in relation to the other person's planets. It tells you how you affect each other. Like if somebody's Sun is sextile, somebody else is Mars. I'm going to say that there's going to be a strong attraction between those people. If somebody's uh, Saturn is squaring somebody else's moon, there's going to be some big challenges with emotions and emotional expression in that relationship. The other way to look at how you might integrate with another person and sharing your energy is a composite chart which is a totally different formula, which is basically taking your chart and a partner's chart and combining them together to create a a unique chart that's different than both yours and the others. I never Um, heard of that one. And that tells you like how you are as like an individual, as a couple. Um, Yes. So those are the two ways to, to compare charts. And if you're interested in comparing your chart with another, of course, you know, contact me for a reading, schedule a reading at theweeklytransit.com. And Scott does those for like, it doesn't even need to be romantic. He does that for everyone in my life, whether it's my mom, my sister, an ex, like a new potential partner, a business partner. Like he also, he can go into like a business and just read everyone's chart and see what their best, like, what they're best utilized for in a group setting and how different Mm -hmm. people communicate together. So there's a lot, there's a lot more than just, you can just go so deep on any of these things. So um, also that app that we have, the time passages app, Mm -hmm. I think it's $30 Mm -hmm. and it allows you to save people's charts. If you have their date, time and place, you save their name and you can click both of them and it'll give you like a little mini, a rundown of what your alignments are. So that's kind of also a good way to like start learning. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely recommend that. And I mentioned uh, 
couple episodes ago because someone was asking about like what what programs I use and in time passages is one. And then Astro Gold is the one that I use on the desktop. And mm-hmm. that one will actually do a composite chart for you. So like I could put my chart an Ingrid's chart and make a composite chart and would be a third like separate chart that shows like how people perceive us, what our relationship is about, all that kind of stuff. It's like a third person, which is the combination of two people. Like of the relationship itself. Yes, exactly. Okay. So any insights on what Pluto transits can mean? Have been Googling myself into a spear cyril. A fear spiral. Uh, example: Pluto conjunct the IC opposite Chiron. Just wondering if this is why my life has been so hard lately. Oh. This is BB Louise. Thank you for the question, Pluto. Again, it's the planet of transformation. So wherever Pluto is transiting in your chart, uh, if it's transiting through the per- first house, it's it's transforming your personality. If it's if it's transiting through the fourth house, it's transforming your home if it's transiting through the ninth house it's it's transforming your philosophy and if it's transiting in alignment with say the moon then it's transforming your relationship to your home or your emotions if it's trans transiting in alignment with saturn then it's transforming your nature of of responsibility and who you are as an authority. If it's transiting in alignment with your Chiron, then it's transforming your wound and your in uh, your relationship to your wounds. So Pluto's all about transformation. I mean, sometimes I actually like look forward to these Pluto alignments because that means there's a shift and there's going to be like a rebirth afterwards. But Pluto is the planet of death, the death mm-hmm. and transformation. So. There, of course, there is going to be so much fear attached to it. Like the only thing you can do is let go of the old way, but that's really, really scary and it's not easy. So I think that's total. it's just totally normal. Mm-hmm. Chiron is your wound and right, she said Chiron in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chiron right. and so it's like hitting your wound that you need to heal from to learn everything. It's like picking and also, a scab. <laughs> yeah, and then, totally. And then also, yeah, just moving into a new place is scary whether that's leaving a job leaving a relationship um moving to a new a new place a new like a new location like all of those things are really scary like they can be exciting but as soon as you know something new is on the horizon like for me i get very attached and comfortable in the way things were even if it wasn't serving me it's terrifying to let to let go of things so i mean i can i can totally relate to to the fear aspect awesome. of things yeah well, thank you for that reflection, Ingrid. Okay, we'll move on now. I've got a couple more questions, but um, we'll save those for a future podcast. So keep keep writing them in. Yeah, we will get to really them. Good. Yeah, love the questions. They're amazing. Thank you so, so much. Okay, so we are looking at... Did I not pull this up from it? I thought I pulled up... Am I not prepared? You sent it to me. I sent it to you, yeah, and I didn't pull it up for myself. So so this is the week of January 2nd through the 8th. And as we begin on Monday, January 2nd, there's a lot happening here. We're looking at four different signs, four different planets. Uh, We've got uh, the sun, the giver of light, life, and vitality in the cardinal earth sign symbolized by the goat Capricorn. 
forming in alignment with two different key points or planets in uh, in the ether out there in space. Uh, it's aligning with Chiron, which we've talked about, uh, the wound and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound, um, forming, this should actually be a square. I messed this up. Um, let me fix that real quick. My apologies, Ingrid. That's terrible. Um, <gasps> Never make a mistake. Yeah, that. I can't make a mistake. Let me okay. fix this. While you're fixing that, this yeah. right here, no one can really see what's happening. But this was my last week I was telling you about uh, working on some recipes and stuff with my yeah. friend Gio for this food thing. Yeah. This is a cucumber, mint, ginger, agua fresca, and it's so fucking good. Is it? Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. And I'm ha I'm having a fit <laughs> about it. A cucumber of mint ginger mint ginger cucumber mint ginger that sounds nice it's ridiculous very refreshing mm -hmm. very refreshing we're making okay. that and then a fancy i think we're gonna make a rose coconut rose orchata that's like the cinnamon rice milk yeah Mexican drink very nice very okay, nice that, that's our awesome. scheduled break did you find we're Did back you we're okay. back now so yes yeah, so the sun is forming a square with chiron here because they're both cardinal uh and the sun is in cardinal earth chiron is in cardinal fire both cardinal make a strong alignment fire ex fire scorches earth earth extinguishes fire so there's some sort of uh we're getting some sort of light or uh bringing energy towards the wound in an uncomfortable way. Maybe there's something that you are uh, feeling insecure about in terms of stepping into your power confidently with authority that you need to face here. But at the same time, the sun is making this positive alignment with the North Node, the soul's purpose and, and karmic pathway of the soul in the fixed earth sign symbolized by the bull, Taurus. So the sun, this is this earth, earth connection between Capricorn and Taurus. So it's like self-worth, what you value, but do you have the confidence or courage to truly stand in your power in terms of what you value? That's this alignment here with the sun connected to Chiron in the North Node. I mean, kind of reflecting on the question earlier, it's like, it is, it, 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 there's going to be fear attached to stepping into a new place. So even though it's there's that positive alignment with the, the Taurus energy and feeling good about putting this new face into the world, it's like you still might have some fear attached to it. Like this is a positive thing, but also there's going to be some discomfort with, you know, showing yourself to the yeah, world. Yeah, putting yourself in that new position where you're saying, I am worth this, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like what you were talking about last week with the date, mm -hmm. you know, being able to say like, well, this is how much it is. So you know, being able to step into your power and really claim your self-worth takes self-confidence and there might be insecurities regarding that. Um, now there's a fourth planet, which is not aligning to anything here, but it's highlighted because it's Venus moving into Aquarius. So Lady Luck, the goddess of love and beauty, the planet of relationships in the fixed air sign symbolized by the water bearer Aquarius. And so Venus begins transit through Aquarius where it will be until January 26th. 
The last time Venus was in Aquarius was March 5th to April 5th, 2022. Think back to what was occurring for you during that time for clues on what could be in store this time around. Uh, but this brings a bit of detachment to the relationship energy. This is about focusing on the group, the club, the organization, the social network or cause. It's less about one-on-one -on -one partnership and more about all the people that you're friends with, you know, the group scene. So maybe this would be a good period of time for you if you do have a significant other to include them in your friend group or them including you in their friend group. Or maybe you need some time apart to focus on your own friend group separate from one another because Aquarius is about independence. And you know, we always hear like you don't want to be in a codependent relationship. This is about releasing any of this codependency and focusing on being independent. Now, this is challenging. This is a challenging transit for those that were born with key astrological points or planets in Taurus or Scorpio. Uh, because they're both fixed like Aquarius, but their elements, earth and water, don't mix with air. So, you know, when you think about like that Scorpio energy, which can be very possessive, like I want to do everything with you. Uh, and this Aquarius energy is like, no, give me space. Like I need independence from you. It's really funny because I like both of those things, but I can very easily get like so attached to like a single person, whether that's like a friend or a romantic partner. I'm like, oh, I want to do all the things together. Mm -hmm. Like, and there can maybe even be some like, maybe not externally, but definitely some internal jealousy where I'm like, oh, like, yeah, all the things. But I think especially now, like, you know, I'm still very connected to my ex. We work together and like, just that whole transition was very scary. And now like, then I had like another partner that's, you know, not as involved in my life and even like a very close friendship. And all of those have are kind of like more on the like outskirts in terms of like a daily, like seeing someone or talking to someone every single day. But after that fear kind of has left, I feel like that non-attachment, that Aquarius energy where I feel like I have a more balanced life and I have more time to focus on the things that are important to me. And although it was this weird discomfort, I think it was like that codependency of like something fulfilling something outside of myself and now that i don't have that i'm like i can appreciate these relationships and mm -hmm. also really focus on the big picture and being able to kind of fulfill all my roles in the community instead of kind of like focusing my energy on one person or one relationship i think it's much more balanced that way embracing your individual how can you embrace your individualism yeah. in your relationships so as we continue on into the week, Tuesday, January 3rd, Venus moves forward a degree and aligns in a in a in a very supportive sextile with Jupiter, the god of thunder, lord of justice, the planet of luck and expansion in Aries. So this is Lady Luck and the planet of luck in an air fire combination. Air fuels fire, fire raises the air. This is a very opportunistic uh, or uh, what's that word? Uh, auspicious alignment. You know, it could be very uh, lucky. This could be a lucky day potentially, especially if you're an air or fire sign or you have key astrological points or planets in air and fire because we're getting a boost, getting a boost to, to create that independence and that space 
in your close personal relationships and through that space, being able to see the future of like, oh, look at how amazing my relationship is because of this separation. And we can come back together, but then we can be apart. And and it's like a nice thing. It's like I have independence, I have freedom, but I also have partnership as well. I can have all of it. Love that. I love I feel like that's such like a um just an organic movement from Monday. Mm. They're just kind of rolling mm-hmm. into each other. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, instead, instead of maybe having any fear around it, you start to feel you start to feel lucky to have all of these different things in your life that you can like nurture and be a part of. It's like you're not life isn't going to be as like full and well-rounded if you're just, you know, only doing one thing. It's like especially in the community, it's like you want you want to be a part of multiple things. Or maybe well, that's you, my Gemini energy, but Well, and it's like if you go to a party, let's say, if you go to a party, you know, are you going to spend the entire time at the party talking to yes. one person, 100%. you know? I mean, you're going to kind of mix it up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that is a little Gemini, you know, but it's also, you know, that Aquarius energy that doesn't want to be tied down to any one person and wants to talk to this person and then talk to that person. And, you know, maybe they stay a little longer for a conversation than they would if it was that Gemini energy, but there still is that, that sort of freedom of movement or that independence of of really connecting to a lot of different people and speaking of gemini we've got wednesday january 4th we're looking at the moon the planet of emotions in the mutable air sign symbolized by the twins gemini aligning in a very uh challenging uncomfy square with no. neptune the goddess of fr- <laughs> the god of fresh water and the sea the planet of illusion deception compassion and intuition in the mutable water sign symbolized by the fish and ruled by neptune pisces so this is one of those alignments where it's like you know you went to the party you're asking you went, you're, you're creating that independence between you and your partner. Uh, but then now you're starting to like, well, I can sense like they, you know, they might've talked to somebody and, and maybe they, there was some romantic interludes with, with somebody that I don't know about or whatever, like I'm getting this intuitive hit, but the moon in Gemini is like, yo, like get the facts. Like you, you've got this intuitive hit, but like, Let's ask some questions like let's, you know, let's see if the intuitive hit has some basis in facts. You know, we've got to ask the questions that are going to help clear the clouds and the confusion. I mean, also, it's like you were just saying kind of a little bit of maybe some sort of like a jealousy happening there. But also, it's like maybe you ask the question and you're like, oh, yeah, I had like the most amazing conversation with, you know, that person. It was really fun and like uplifting and exciting. And maybe it there was some sort of like a flirtation there, but like, that doesn't really mean anything. Mm. Flirtation doesn't mean anything. Like if you're in a relationship, like who really cares? Yeah. There is like a commitment to somebody, even in a creative relationship, what are you going to be like? Oh no, you like this other artist's work and it was inspiring (laughs) to you. It's like, okay. I think people can just, you know, everyone can inspire us in some way. And that's exciting, but just being curious about whatever these intuitive things are that you're getting. Yes. Is yes. the important part because you have the if you ask the question and you get the answer, it's like, oh well, I'm going to be excited for you that you feel inspired or you feel 
you know, uplifted in some way by the people that you're in community with. Like, that's what we want. We want to be having multiple people like lifting us up. Exactly. Exactly. And then and also, we, yeah, talk to oh, me. No, oh, before we it. move on, I yeah, was yeah, going to say, yeah. if we're feeling uncomfortable asking ourselves where that insecurity might be coming from within ourselves, as opposed to just the external question of asking the other. Yeah. Person. That's that Neptune energy, you know, and Pisces it's about where let's explore, let's investigate these insecurities. Um, you know, what, where does that come from? Yeah. Where does that come from? It's, it's connecting the unconscious mind to the conscious mind. And then maybe even communicating whatever you discover there with the people you're in relationship with. Mm. So they understand you a little better. Yes, the people that you're emotionally connected with, for sure. For sure. Thursday, January 5th, we've got the sun in Capricorn again, now aligning with Uranus, the planet of revolution, rebellion, independence and the unexpected in Taurus. So this is more of that independence vibe. You know, it's about looking at, you know, what do I want to accomplish and achieve? How does that relate to my individual expression of my self-worth, of what I value? You know, I've had a few days to really kind of engage in the group context and connect with different people and maybe learn about what they value and sort of process that within myself and see, do I share those values or my values different? You know, what is it that I value about myself and how does that, how is that reflected in my goals and aspirations? You know, I'm working to accomplish and and achieve this goal because it's in alignment with my self-worth and what I value. So that's what this alignment is about. It's kind of maybe breaking free of, of sort of, uh, you know, being, being controlled by other people and their values and, and seeing the value that your own values have separate from theirs. I love that. Just appreciating, appreciating ourselves and like our, our differences from, from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm also wondering with like the Capricorn energy is like uh, more of the doing. So making sure we're like doing the things mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that bring value to our life. Yes. Yes. I what mean, are the steps that you're taking to bring what it is you value into your life? I love and, that. And also like, I mean, Taurus has to do with the material and usually that's spending money. So the first thing that comes to mind for me would be, going on like dates not even necessarily romantic but like food dates like taking myself out or going with a friend or just you know buying something beautiful for my home like I bought myself a cookbook I don't remember Mm. when the last time I bought a cookbook and like this little uh like little tray centerpiece for my house and I was like oh my gosh this I it made me feel so inspired afterwards I'm like oh my gosh I need to spend money nurturing my home because that's so important to me. Like decorating my space makes me feel alive. And mm-hmm. like, I find value in creating a vibe in my house and I find value in, you know, eating beautiful food. It makes me want to cook more. It just makes me feel fulfilled emotionally. And 
both of those two things I can tend to forget or I, I get like this really scarcity mentality with my money where I'm like oh my god don't spend any of your money you don't have enough of the money so you can't have anything that you actually value in life so I'm just like sitting here hiding in my apartment fucking eating fucking scrambled eggs and shit instead of like what's the point of all the working what's the point of all of this work if I don't get to enjoy anything and I think that can lead to like depression when I'm not like feeding my well like figuratively and metaphor um just feeding myself the things that i value Mm -hmm. so whatever that means for you maybe that's more time in nature maybe that's more time with friends maybe that's more like you know monetary things it just depends on who you are but making sure you know what you value and you're doing doing those things so you feel happy to be alive love it love it awesome thank you ingrid friday january 6th we got the full moon the full moon in cancer the moon returns home to the sign that it rules the cardinal water sign symbolized by the crab cancer opposing the sun in capricorn if you're curious about how the next planetary alignments of the new moon full moon will be affecting you directly enroll in my moon cycle classes at theweeklytransit.com but the full moon is a release it's the exhale the new moon is the inhale it's planting the seeds the full moon we see what we sprouted from what we planted during the new moon so this is a release in terms of your past your upbringing, your childhood, the ones who raised and nurtured you, your ancestors. You know, we've been talking a lot about this Capricorn energy over the last couple of weeks, what we want to accomplish and achieve, our goals and aspirations. Is there anything from your childhood, from your upbringing, from your parents or your ancestors, any belief systems or habits that have been passed down to you that are preventing you from accomplishing and achieving your goals? If so, this is the full moon to release those fears. Like when you talk about like that scarcity with money, is that a belief system that that you adapted in your childhood? This could be an example to release some of those fears or whatever it is, the ankle weights that are holding you back from the past. What do you want to release from your past in order to lighten the load and descend towards your goals. I was also thinking just maybe touching on yesterday and maybe it's more for me personally, but um, the full moon is like being able to appreciate, like, you know, reap the rewards. So, I mean, I feel emotionally tied to the material. The moon Mm -hmm. in cancer is also my home. So it's like, I've had some more guests lately and I forget that like having guests in my home and showing off my space and like, being able to utilize my home has given me such an appreciation. Like every time I do that, I'm like, Oh my God, I love my space. I feel so appreciative that I work really hard to make enough money to have a home that I love. And like, you know, the money that I put into it on buying material things is really when I get to, when I really enjoy it and appreciate it, it feels like very fulfilling for me. So just maybe just appreciating whatever it is, that brings you emotional happiness, just recognizing that 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 exists, that you have something that brings you some sort of joy in your life, because sometimes that's really hard to access and like remembering those moments and like writing down what, what makes you feel emotionally fulfilled and 
yeah, just some, maybe some appreciation on the full moon for what you have and what you've done for yourself. I love that uh, example, you know, when you're thinking about your self-worth and what you value and the full moon is, is showing and sharing the harvest. So maybe this is an alignment where you're inviting people into your home to share your bounty, you know, of, of what you value in the material realm. You're now sharing it with those that you're emotionally tied to, you know, this could be a family day too, you know, with the moon in cancer. So yes, I and love also that. family. I mean, family can be anyone you want to like call into your, into your space to whoever exactly. you're emotionally tied to. Totally. Exactly. And the full moon, uh, it reaches its apex at 3.07 PM Pacific time. So account for that wherever you are on planet earth. Now moving to Saturday, January 7th. We had a lot of conjunctions last week. Here's another conjunction this week uh, where we've got Mercury moving retrograde conjunct the sun. Last week it was Mercury retrograde conjunct with Venus. Now it's the sun. So it's bringing that light life and vitality to your mind, to your conscious awareness. You know, it's really taking a conscious look at the work that you've done, how far you've come on your way towards your goals. Can you appreciate yourself by looking back and saying, look what I've accomplished. You know, it's the beginning of 2023. Let's look back and, and really honor what we've accomplished in 2022. And that will hopefully give you the support and the encouragement that you need to believe that you can keep climbing. It's right there. Just keep climbing. I love that because you've been saying like the Mars retrograde energy is like energy is like feels like we're kind of like stuck and like things are like moving slower than we want them to. And that can be really frustrating. My friend just sent me a copy of his like business proposal or like a what do you call it? Business plan. Business plan. Yeah. And then I don't it was really like complex to me. I was like, wow, this is really thorough. I've never written anything like this. And for me, I was like, wow, you should be so proud. And he was like, oh, like, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of shitty still. And I'm like, bro you should like if I was showing this to you you would have been like oh my gosh you should be so proud of yourself that you even put this together at all like yeah maybe it's not where you want it to be but to me I'm really impressed like sometimes we can you know be someone else's cheerleader but we forget for ourselves it's like yeah maybe it's not the most perfect one maybe it's just the first draft but like you should be excited even if it's not completed it's like taking those steps and recognizing and appreciating that you're doing something incrementally to move towards your goal that's impressive yes it's a lot of energy like it's 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 hard enough just to complete one day without doing anything extra just like feeding yourself sleeping cleaning your space like going to work that's enough without even doing anything towards like progressing so any mm. sort of little step you're making towards like bettering your life in any way or furthering your goals is like you should be super stoked I love it. I love it. It's so great. That's uh encouragement and the encouragement continues as Mercury continues its retrograde and aligns with Uranus retrograde in Taurus. So yeah, everything you retrograde. Know, yes. Yeah. A lot of still a lot of retrograde planets here. Well, I mean a few. There's Mercury, there's Uranus, and there's Mars, but um even though it's retrograde, you know, we're looking back at like what we value, 
our self-worth. And again, like how much have I accomplished? So you're talking about your friend who wrote the business plan. And it's like, you know, well, why do I like this business plan or I don't like it? You know, does it align with what my values are? And, and maybe you could share with them like, well, I, I value it because of X, Y, Z. And then maybe that helps them see within themselves why it has value. But this is an opportunity to go back and check your work and really make sure that your goals and aspirations are in alignment with your self-worth and what you value. So for your friend that wrote the business plan, if he has a problem with it, then maybe it's not in alignment with his values. How can he make it better? I mean, I think just like the reframing idea where it's like, when I think of like externally, I'm like, oh, that's not really the industry he wants to be in the, the idea, but he likes making things more efficient and he wants to like, you know, step out of the certain role and maybe move to a little, so, move out a little bit. So that even though it's not the industry he wants to be in, it would be a step in that right direction. So it's like, yeah, maybe this isn't the thing you're most passionate about, but it's solving a problem in your industry and it will actually allow you to move into a different space in that industry that would be in better alignment with what you do value. But that so, may be, that may be the challenge for him at this point where he doesn't really value the industry that he's writing the business plan for. So it's harder for him maybe to get super excited excited about what he's created. So yes. Maybe. Yeah. Like redirecting the energy. It's like, okay, well that's not my most, I mean, just any idea I've had, maybe that's not the best idea in the world, but it's an idea and it's moving somewhere in the right direction. Like, not every idea can be the best or not every idea that's like your dream thing can just manifest exactly but just the redirect of moving your energy in uh just in some way that makes sense for you i'm glad that you bring up idea because i feel like this is a big idea day because mercury is a planet that rules the conscious mind and uranus is the planet of genius so because it's individuality it's what makes you unique so what are the ideas that you're having today? Um, what are your thoughts that are coming up? Uh, can you bring these ideas into some sort of formed reality uh, that that make it digestible for other people to uh, to understand? Yeah, bringing things into reality is very. It can feel ethereal, like you can't really grasp it, but putting things onto paper, making plans for things to happen. It's like, once you start putting a plan into action, it's not just like a dream out there in the floating around. Yeah. 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 It's like, I think I've said before, my friend's grandma, who is an astrologer would always say like, tell me you're going to the moon and I'll tell you you're, you're crazy, but show me a plan. And you know, we can get excited about that. That's, that's real. Like a plan. Mm -hmm. You can, you can make anything happen as long as you start making the steps to get there. So writing down what you want to do, and start just checking off the boxes. Yeah. That's a big part of what this energy is right now. And, really and things good. might things might be what's that? Oh, I was gonna say I'm really good at having a lot of great ideas, but like, okay, are you gonna implement them or are you just gonna dream forever about every like good idea that you have? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you're not you're not putting a plan into action. So I feel like over the last couple of years it's been, you know, more diligent about making these things come to fruition otherwise it's just daydreaming Mm. yeah 
and it might feel like things are moving backwards right now with Mercury retrograde. Um, but it's a good time to sort of look back at your plan and maybe restructure your plan in some way, because you might be climbing up the mountain and realize, oh, I feel like I'm on the wrong trail right now. A little bit lost. We need to double back and then reassess on actually what the best path is to ascend to the top of the mountain. So if you're feeling kind of uh, at a loss or at cro- the crossroads right now with whatever you're working towards, give yourself a break, reflect, reassess, and then reformulate the plan and start restructuring it in a way that you can take little steps now. And by the time Mercury retrograde ends on January 18th and then moves out of its retrograde shadow on February 6th, you feel like, okay, now we're cruising. We're headed in the right direction. Yes, 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 yes. Cool, well, thank Ingrid. you. Thank you so much, Scott. You're welcome. You're welcome. I will uh, see you next week. Thank you for listening to the weekly transit follow us on instagram for daily updates about the planetary alignments and how to work with the energy if this podcast is helping you navigate life more gracefully please subscribe rate us five stars and share with your friends if you're ready to go deeper book a personal reading with scott or sign up for his new moon full moon class at theweeklytransit.com